Today's episode of the Hail to the District podcast is brought to you by the Young Tennis Players Project, our presenting sponsor for 2018. The Young Tennis Players Project retails sports apparel, but with a unique twist. The majority of the proceeds goes towards helping young athletes receive hands-on tennis lessons and training, which can get very expensive, while the remainder actually goes back to the investors in a revenue-sharing opportunity for those who participate. And with no upfront costs, there's no risk. It's actually all upside. So to learn more, visit www.ytp.tennis, that's www.ytp.tennis, or just click on the link in our Friends and Sponsors section on the Hail to the District homepage. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, and for today's episode, I am really excited to have Mark Bullock, who the majority of us, uh, the majority of Redskins Twitter is pretty familiar with, as he does amazing work breaking down Redskins game film and explaining all the finer points of on-field X's and O's for the Washington Post insider section of the sports page. And he does so from all the way across the pond. So, Mark, thank you so much for staying late, uh, staying up so late on your end, as well as coming onto the pod. Um, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate it. Um, great to hear from you. We wanted to bring you on, actually, because you've done a lot of cool-headed, pragmatic, rational analysis amidst the Redskins trade for um, Alex Smith, which honestly is in pretty stark contrast to my initial reaction. <laughs> so um, we wanted to have you on to help talk some of us, present company included, off the ledge. Um, <laughs> we'll start with this. In general... Your thoughts on Alex Smith coming here, him running this offense, we're going to kind of dive into it a little bit further, but especially in comparison to what we've been accustomed to seeing from Kirk Cousins for the past three seasons or so. Sure, yeah. I mean, initially, my reaction was the same as you. Well, I was I was more shocked than anything that, yeah. that they made this move, especially this early in the offseason. Um, but having had time to sort of watch through what Smith has done this past season, I don't, I don't hate the trade as much as I... I did on the night because I hate giving up a guy like Kendall Fuller, who oh, yeah. is kind of a, a guy that you want to build the defense around. But Smith himself as a quarterback, um, based on this past season, um, is a, a very good fit for what Jay Gruden likes to do. Um, he He's pragmatic with the ball, um, and he can progress through his reads pretty quickly um, and, and work from one to two to three, um, resetting his feet and, and staying alert. Um, and he he does a good job of, of diagnosing things pre-snap as as Cousins did, um, and and the Redskins do a lot of um, splitting the field in halves and working one half is if they get man coverage and they work one half, or if they get zone coverage they work the other half, um, and so um, he he's good enough to he I mean he's been around long enough certainly to have seen all of the different kind of coverages that will get thrown at him, um, so he's good enough to diagnose. Um, man coverage and, and zone coverages and, and get a good understanding pre-snap with motions and stuff, what what he's expecting to get and what he actually gets um, post-snap and then working to the correct side. So he should be a fit for Gruden in that sense. Um, in the past year, he was a lot better throwing the ball down the fields than he probably has been in it historically. Um, the, the knock on Smith has always been he's kind of a game manager that, that is quick to check it down and... and mainly runs short game like very old school west coast offense type stuff um whereas 
Gruden is more of a an aggressive West Coast offense. So like, and he yeah. likes to take more shots down the field, and he, he schemes up a lot of open receivers down the field. Um, but based on this past season, when when the Chiefs actually gave Alex Smith a shot to attack down the field, he actually was very good, um, and his, his deep ball um, is usually very good in terms of velocity. Uh, the trajectory on it is very good, um, and he, rarely is he sort of behind a receiver and forcing them to come back to it or overthrowing the receiver. He, he's usually pretty good on the money and, and usually um, dropping it over the right shoulder, um, cor- the, the correct shoulder, I should say. Um, so it, there, there, there's certainly plenty of positives to take out of it. Um, and, and I think he's a pretty good fit for what Gruden likes to do. Yeah, he did a really good job in the on, on both on Twitter and the post as well of kind of dispelling the notion that Alex Smith is a Charlie checkdown, which a lot of people have kind of fairly or unfairly lumped him into. Um, it was interesting because I think right after the trade, maybe like the day or two after, I think it was Andy Benoit or Andy Benoit, proper pronunciation, on uh, for Sports Illustrated. I think he went on Grant and Danny's show and he made a comment. I think it was, I don't want to misproperly or improperly attribute, but he made a comment about Smith potentially driving Jay Gruden crazy by not throwing down the field or how, you know, there was that comment that Jay Gruden said that, like, you know, Cousins sometimes won't throw it unless it's, like, wide open or, you know, like, it's pretty safe. And and they were saying, basically, like, if he thinks that was, he was getting that from Cousins, imagine what he's going to get from Smith. And, like I said, he did a pretty good job of kind of dispelling that myth that, no, you know, all things being equal, especially if the opportunity is there, one, he will, and two, he can, you know, push the ball down the field. Sure, yeah, it's, um, it, it was an odd thing to hear, but I, I understand it based on the history of Alex Smith. Um, like this past season, when you look at, at what he's done historically, this past season is somewhat of an outlier. Um, and if you go back to previous seasons, he's not quite as aggressive going down the field. But part of that is also down to the the scheme that is being run and, and the players he had around him. Um, this year, he had uh, Tyreek Hill, who is ridiculously fast. He's incredible. Yeah, so he can get down the field in in, in a hurry. So he they dialed up more shots. Um, and so he 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 was willing to take the shots when when they were dialed up. Um, in the past, they they haven't called as many, and so he hasn't thrown as many. Um, but his actual ability to throw the deep ball is is very good. Um, from what from, from the sort of seven or eight games I've watched so far. Um, so yeah, his his deep ball is fine. Um, it's just it's a case of is he coming to a new offense? Will he be? willing to keep that same aggressive mindset with a new scheme that he'd had in Kansas City? Was it a case of, you know, he he took a while to get used to the scheme and once he was used to it, then he was willing to do it for this last year and that kind of makes it a one-off in his career? Or was it a case of, you know, that they finally started to install stuff where they could attack down the field more because they had the weapons to do it? Um, And we know that Gruden's definitely gonna call that kind of stuff so um as long as he keeps that mindset that he had this year of being willing to go further down the field then um i I don't foresee that being an issue yes and from a devil's advocate standpoint purely a lot of people say very much to what you were saying earlier that well smith had his borderline mvp or mvp caliber season this past year mainly because he had someone like tyreek hill who i mean short of like maybe Deshaun Jackson in his youthful prime, we haven't seen anyone being able to take the top off a defense with that just blinding vertical speed in that way. But he had Tyreek Hill at receiver, even if it was just Tyreek Hill. But just as importantly, he had Kareem Hunt, who just happened to lead the NFL in rushing this past season to give the ball. And, you know, 
one, I want to touch on the run pass option schematics in a second, but like, you know, just from a purely play action standpoint, if Kareem Hunt's there and a lot of times teamers were devising to stop him more so than Alex Smith, it opens up the deep shots. Um, one thing I think most of Redskins Twitter, and I would love to get your viewpoint on is we I think last year was pretty apparent. We didn't have those weapons. I mean, P. Ryan looked fine as a running back on the second half of the season, but, you know, Kelly is – he's a replacement level probably at best, and that might be generous in a lot of cases. Um, Dotson was our only res- like res- physically talented, re- dangerous receiver. I mean, we have the Ryan Grants and, and, and guys like that, but a point being we don't have Tyreek Hill. We probably don't have Kareem Hunt. So how does that change in terms of what Alex Smith was used to driving before and what he's going to be driving now? Yeah, sure. Uh, they they don't necessarily have that guy that takes the top off of the defense. Um, but they Gruden's proven that even without that guy, they he's still able capable of scheming guys open downfield. Like Pierre Garçon wasn't that guy. He wasn't a burner. Um, he was still fast enough, but he wasn't a burner that just ran past people. But they still managed to scheme him open down the field plenty plenty of times and and hit him down the field. So. Um, Gruden's still capable of scheming that kind of thing open, um, but they probably they probably do need that kind of guy, um, that that burner, just to stretch that field a little bit more, just to give the defense something extra to think about, um, and maybe rotate coverage that way a little bit. Um, in terms of how that will affect Smith if they don't get that guy, perhaps he's not quite as aggressive. Um, I, I, it's a thing we'd have to wait and see. Um, yeah. he, he's He's perfectly capable of running a typical West Coast offense, which is predicated on short to intermediate passing game anyway. Um, and and he, he has a reputation of being that kind of check down guy, but he, he can hit those intermediate and, and shorter routes um, if, if that's what the offense calls for. It's just a case of 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 calling the correct plays and, and he's, he's still, it's not like Washington completely lacks any sort of weapons. Chris Thompson out of the backfield is still very good. They have, when he's healthy, Jordan Reed is still one of the best receiving tight ends in the NFL. Jamison Crowder in the slot is still fantastic. Um, so, and, and Josh Dawson, um, it showed plenty of flashes of, of potential. He still has to put it together, but going into his third year, you, you'd hope that a first-round pick receiver going into their third year would, would start putting it together, and then suddenly the, the pieces look a little bit better if you get everyone healthy and Docs and sort of living up to his potential. Um, but yeah, they do still need that, probably need that burner on the outside just opposite Docs and to give them that extra little edge. I'm just curious on a quick tangent from your perspective, being someone who kind of you know, looks at the film more than just making any wild conclusions one way or another. What are your thoughts early on Josh Dotson so far, especially from what you've seen this season? Obviously, last season was a wash, but, you know, this season. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, he should be so far along the second season. And I, I'm more of an apologist, I would admit that personally, saying that, you know, this is essentially his rookie year for regardless of how long he's been drafted in the NFL. But in terms of from year one, if you want to look at it that way, what do you just a quick tangent on what you th- saw from him and, and thoughts moving forward? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought he, he certainly had his ups and downs. Um, he he made plays where he's kind of the only guy that could make those plays. Um, it, we, we saw all those kind of ridiculous highlight catches, um, and then he, he made Cousins right on some throws and, and what have you. Um, I think people were frustrated with 
the fact that he seemed to do the difficult part and getting his hands to the ball on, on certain plays and then not being able to pull in the catch once he had done what seemingly was the hard part. And you think back to the Game to the Chiefs game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, where, where he dropped that one in the end zone or rather he, he rolled over it in the end zone. And it was ruled not a catch. So, um, yeah, he he certainly still has stuff to pr- improve on, um, and he needs to be more consistent. Um, but as you said, it kind of essentially was his first year in terms of playing time, um, and it took him a while to, to until they finally got him on the field ahead of Terrell Pryor, and then they started. And it, from once they got him on the field, it was another couple of games before he was start, starting to be regularly involved and regularly targeted. Um, and, and once he was starting to be regularly targeted, he, he was doing all right. Um, I think he kind of following the, the natural regression of, of wide receivers. They tend to take two or three years to, to really right. develop. Um, and... I, I fully expect him to take another step forward this season, assuming he, he can stay healthy, which wasn't a problem this year, so hopefully it won't be next year. Um, and, and then, yeah, I, I think he can take, take a step forward and be a, a very good receiver for them. So another, going back to the Cousins, or I should say the Alex Smith component, um, one thing that I remember watching a lot of the Chiefs and seeing them on national TV, be it like the opening game and then against the game against the Redskins and the other some of the other ones that I'm not remembering off the top of my head. But John Gruden and other people who were calling the game did a lot of um, a lot of great highlights about how Andy Reid was using elements of the quote-unquote pro version of the now much-discussed run-pass option schematic that you know people in college are using, and now they're translating to the NFL. And so Andy Reid did it. Um, Doug Peterson, who was Andy Reid's offensive coordinator back in Kansas City, I mean, I think it's safe to say he frustrated the hell out of New England's rather slow defense with it just this past yesterday evening, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have... You know, you did a really good job of outlining. There's a lot of overlap between, I mean, they're both West Coast offenses between what Gruden runs and what Reed runs, a lot of similar elements. Do we think Gruden is the type of person who's going to want to maybe include those wrinkles? Do we have any inclination he may, or is it just one of those things that kind of, that's a Reed and his coaching tree type of thing, and, you know, it's going to be a little more what Gruden likes to run over here? I, I I think there is a chance. I, I'm not necessarily sure it's it's Gruden's favorite idea. Right. Um, I, I, but um, they they ran some with. It was more of a Sean McVay thing when he was here, um, and particularly when McVay was under Shanahan. Obviously, in RG 3s rookie year, they they used a ton of RPOs then. Yeah. Um, and and McVay kind of kept a few over, and they still used them from time to time. But they they preferred other plays. Um, they preferred certainly more conventional plays. Um, but this past season, um, th- this is more my theory than anything else. But Kevin O'Connell, the quarterbacks coach. Um, around the time when he was rumored to be linked with the um, is it UCLA, UCLA job that Chip Kelly got? That's right. Um, he, he was rumored to be his offensive coordinator hire. Um, around about that time, we saw um, a few RPOs creep into the Redskins' offense. And uh, I'd been charting them throughout the season, and I hadn't seen any up until that kind of time. And then I think there was three or four in the space of two or three weeks. Um, so it wasn't like a huge amount. They didn't run them anywhere near as often as, as Smith ran them with the Chiefs, but um, it certainly started to creep in a little bit more. Um, and then we found out at the end of the year that they promoted Kevin O'Connell to keep him on the staff um, rather than let him go to UCLA. So I wonder with with him having more of a, an input um, as the passing game coordinator, I wonder whether they will look to install 
more RPOs that that he ran with with Chip Kelly um, when he was in San Francisco, um, and and certainly would have run with Chip Kelly at UCLA. Um, oh, I, I, it's just a kind of a working theory I, I'm playing with at the moment, thinking possibly that might be something they do. But I don't necessarily think, from Jake Rudin's perspective, that it's his favorite type of play. Um, I mean, you've probably seen with the the John Gruden QB camps over the years, he's always called RPOs uh, ridiculous protection offense because they're they're running plays, um, they're running protection, but passing plays. So the, they basically the quarterback is extremely vulnerable. Um, and if, if the if the defense manages to take away that first read on the RPO, um, then it leaves the quarterback as a sitting duck in the pocket. So um, if that's John Gruden's uh, view, then potentially that could carry over to Jay Gruden. But if if Kevin O'Connell's going to have a bigger influence, then it'll be interesting to see whether they creep into the game a little bit more. Yeah, it's funny how the old front saying, what's old is new again in the sense that 2012, the read option, as we kind of phrased it back then, was all the thing when, obviously, when RG3 did it and Colin Kaepernick exploded towards the second half of the season with it. And then once Griffin and stuff, you know, started having his issues and then Colin Kaepernick started regressing from that Super Bowl run, everyone's like, yeah, the read option went away. And then now it's kind of coming into the NFL or it's more in vogue again, um, just with a repackaged name, but a lot of the elements are the same. So, but it's funny to see it worked again after people figured said that it was solved so it's just yeah. how, how that happens it all comes back around and it, it, nothing's ever fully solved it's just uh the, the different schemes come up and you, they find counters to them and it just constantly evolves circles back around i always do wonder if that's where the nfl heads just because in the sense and this is my as you like as you put a working theory in the sense that you know so much of the high school game is now mimicking what's going on in the college game kind of to prepare them for better college recruiting and things like that and then you know we have this gap if you will where like offensive linemen are starting to struggle a little bit into making their nfl transition and then you know everyone says like you've got this steeper and steeper learning curve with these spread quarterbacks coming into the college or coming into the nfl game and every time you read a quarterback scouting report which we'll get to in a moment it's always well you know there's the learning curve because he played in a spread offense or there's a learning curve because he played in that read you know read run pass option offense and i wonder mm. if the nfl will kind of you know bridge that a little bit versus the old guard of this is a pro offense and this is a college offense and i always feel like it may end up in that direction you know closer to the hybrid more than be staying towards the pro side anyway it's just my thought yeah i mean it, it kind of is getting to that point anyway uh you you look at certain offenses around the league like the jets this year ran a lot of um of the air raid concepts that uh popular throughout college um and that made josh mccown from a very average quarterback into a pretty decent one this year yeah um and and so you you see it cropping up and like a lot of the plays come come in from college and you know they as you said the quarterbacks are coming in with with they have they're all being trained in in these more spread air raid offenses and running the rpos and all that kind of stuff um so it it it'd be crazy to draft all of these guys and then force them to learn something completely new without having any sort of carryover that they can sort of lean on as a, as a base fundamental offense for is certainly for their first year. So um, I think what teams are finding now is that as they're being more open to trying out these things, they're actually finding they're having quite a lot of success. And as we've seen with the, with the Eagles, it, right. it's been hugely successful running the RPO stuff. So um, yeah, it, it, it certainly, as they become more open to it, it's certainly uh, finding its way into the NFL is more of a standard thing now. So as a segue from there, 
once we heard, I think the number is five years and 111 million is the total contract value for Alex Smith. But in reality, I don't know if the official numbers have been like leaked or if you can find them on Spot Track or anything as of yet. But we know essentially that there's a two or three year out, as most contracts now in the NFL um, are built. So I think Smith is going to be 34 this spring, so he'll be 34 heading into his first season with the Redskins next year. Or he's essentially on a two year deal or three years, depending on what the contract structure is. Um, given that. I think it's safe to say, or if you read between the lines, there may be some type of, or at least perhaps some of us hope, there'll be some type of grooming of a young quarterback um, to be the heir apparent or the bridge or whatever, or I guess Smith would be the bridge, but the heir apparent, whatever, uh, the future quarterback. Um, What do you think? Safe assumption? Uh, Yes, but not necessarily this year. Right. I think it's safe to assume they will be looking to get a young guy in there. but with the state of the contract being what it is, being more two or three years, um, with a sort of get out after two or three years, then I think they he's kind of their guy going forward, and, and they'd rather use their higher picks to surround him with more talent and, and try to make a run rather than spending, say, the 13th pick on a quarterback and, and, and having him sit behind Alex Smith for the next two years. Yeah. Um, that would that would be my guess is this year I think they'll probably look away from quarterback, but certainly next year they'll look to draft one. So putting you on the spot a little bit, if you, Mark, were running the Redskins and you know, if number thirteen you have the number thirteen pick and assuming the quarterback of maybe your preference, besides maybe Darnold or Josh Rosen is is actually sitting on the board, would you take that quarterback at thirteen or would you use it on someone who can kind of bolster some of the other weaknesses on this team? I would probably use it I'll I'll give it what I'll say is that I probably wouldn't have necessarily done made the the trade for Alex Smith um Agreed. and give and given him that kind of a contract where you can't get out after one year um although we don't officially know whether they have sort of a guess out after one year or two years or whatever it is we we assume they do um if they could get out after one year then yes I would use the 13th pick on a quarterback um if they can't then I would assume that he won't and i wouldn't either given that they're committed to smith for the next couple of years at least um but if if we're saying hypothetically that yes we would take a quarterback um of the non-top guys my personal preference uh would probably be baker mayfield um although if you wanted to you could make a pretty good argument for going for a guy like joss allen because he's a guy that kind of he he needs to sit for a year or two anyway. Um, so you could make the argument that this would be the ideal situation for a guy like Josh Allen, which is to sit behind Alex Smith for the next two years. Um, but if, if you're making the trade for Alex Smith to be your guy and you want to sort and sort the guy Gruden and the front office presumably are on the hot seat this year yeah. um, and, and they need to make a run. So are they w- really willing to, uh, to spend a 13th overall pick on a quarterback that they don't intend on playing for the next two years? Um, or would they rather spend it on someone that could give them a much more immediate impact and give them a chance of 
keeping their jobs going into next year, presumably. Yeah. Although I've heard a lot, I think, right after the trade was made, and a lot of the the Kansas City guys, be it the, the their, his teammates or his former teammates, and a lot of the media guys were saying that, you know, fully knowing the writing was on the wall, Alex Smith was nothing but a professional to Pat Mahomes and, and being really, like, good in the ideal, quote-unquote, mentor um, relationship with him. And it was actually, you know, very, you know, encouraging of him as opposed to, like, a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers type of situation. So in an ideal world, not that we live in an ideal world, an ideal world, a similar situation would happen here. But then again, we always know in this town, the backup quarterback is the most popular player on the Redskins. And I just feel like that would create a, every time Smith throws an interception, everybody like, ah, put the next guy on the field. And exactly. It would just yep. create a mess, but um, I'll get you out on this. let you get a little bit of sleep um, <laughs> on, in terms of the big four of the quarterbacks. So we'll just go ahead and limit it to um, Darnold Rosen, Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. Um, you touched on it a little bit. How do you, from your initial analysis on the quarterbacks of this year's draft, how would you personally rank them and then maybe any quick strengths and weaknesses that some of us may not see if, from doing some film work on them? Sure. Um, Josh Rosen isn't the guy I've done a hell of a lot of work on, but I, I do know that he um, is kind of an ideal fit for a West Coast offense, and he's a very smooth, mechanically um, mechanically very smooth quarterback. So um, there, there's plenty of reason to believe he will go in the sort of top five picks yeah um if not first or second overall so i I think he would be out of the question um sam darnold um he he's kind of he's the opposite of josh rosen but just as talented he's not the sort of smooth um mechanical quarterback that uh, that has played in sort of a pro-style West Coast offense and will translate straight away to the NFL. Um, he's played in much more of a spread offense and, and has done those RPO type things that we were talking about earlier. Um, and mechanically, his, his foot feet, um, his footwork is all over the place. Yeah. Um, his, his, he's got an on, elongated delivery. His arm drops so low down. Um, but he's got that it factor about him in, in the clutch time and in, in, in late in the fourth quarter with the game on the line, you want the ball in his hands and he makes things happen. Um, so that that's kind of the story. That's kind of the book on him. Um, Baker Mayfield, the only real knock on him um, other than the style of offense that he's in the kind of typical spread quarterback um, knock on him um, is that his height um, being under six two is that's kind of the threshold that most people go for is, is six foot two is kind of the minimum you have to be to be a, an NFL quarterback and obviously we see exceptions to the rule but um, for the most part that is a fairly accurate guideline but Baker Mayfield himself is a very good quarterback in, in the way that he can um, manipulate deep defenders by looking them off and throwing pump fakes and using his his feet position and his shoulders position to to redirect deep defenders and open up deep shots um is is a fantastic trait that he has and it it kind of to me it suggests that he doesn't have any problem with his height because he's able to manipulate those deep defenders he he must be able to see them um so yeah to me he's a he's a very good quarterback um and i i think he should go higher than he probably will um and then josh allen has probably the best arm of any quarterback in the draft uh it it it's absolutely unbelievable. He makes some throws that you just sit there and go, wow, what a throw. Um, he'll throw it ro- rolling to his left, like not able to get any kind of 
proper footwork in. He'll be running to his left, scrambling away from a guy, um, and then he'll just launch this 50-yard bomb on a rope straight to the receiver's hands and get a touchdown. I'll contend that when he gets to the NFL, it's between him, Cam Newton, and Aaron Rodgers for the strongest arm in the NFL. Like he's His arm is insane. It's incredible. It, absolutely insane. It's ridiculous some of the throws he can make. But at the same time, um, he 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 makes the, the best thing I've I think I've seen on him is um, every game he makes a he makes a throw that makes you go wow what a throw and then every game he also makes at least one throw that you makes you go wow that's a terrible throw, a terrible throw. so um, he he's so inconsistent and he he struggles with with touch on the ball um, he when he's throwing. Because of his arm, he has a tendency to go. Well, I, I can fit this into every window, and I'll, I'll just gun it in. He never takes anything off. So on throws to the flat and checkdowns and and um, little swing passes and screen passes and what have you, anything relatively short into his sides, he really struggles on those type of throws, which everyone thinks should be a given for a quarterback. But because he doesn't really. I don't know whether it's an, a lack of understanding or whether he, he struggles with footwork at times, um, but he doesn't take anything off of his throws and he just guns it in and the receivers have no chance to catch it. So that th- that's a huge issue for him. And, and like his completion percentage was something like 56% in college. Um, and I think if you, if you believe you can fix those issues – if you believe they're sort of mechanical and it's footwork stuff, and if you can sit them for a year, you can work on those mechanics and, and fix up those issues, then there's no reason to believe that he's not the best quarterback that comes out of this draft. But those are significant issues, and they will take a lot of work to fix. So there is certainly the other side of the coin which says, probably can't fix those issues. He will be a bust, and you'll be wasting a first-round pick on him. I keep saying he's the he is the ultimate Rorschach test of how do you scout a quarterback because I mean some people see Cam Newton and some people see Kyle Baller and it's like you know which one which one are you getting and it's it's a lot of beauty is in the eye of the beholder with him um, he's it's like as, I completely agree with the assessment like some throws you'll just shake your head and some throws you'll just shake your head and it's one you know good way and a yeah. bad way so completely exactly yeah yeah. Um, Mark, I really appreciate your time. A lot of awesome insight. Uh, for those of you who haven't followed him, I'm going to make sure you post a link on, the, on the, the website as well as in the description to follow Mark on Twitter. You're missing out if you don't, especially if you're a Redskins fan. Um, once again, thank you again. If you don't follow us on SoundCloud, make sure you do so. Uh, follow us on iTunes, the Hail to the District podcast. Mark, you have a great evening. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Take care. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.